Welcome to the Clemson Dubcast. It is Wednesday, December 6th. We have spent much of this week learning more about Matt Luke and Chris Rumpf, about the pursuits of those two from Dabo Sweeney. And we've had lots of good stuff, but we got more coming, I promise you, because I've had some conversations uh, earlier this morning and uh, late last night. Sometimes the best stuff is the details. Once the news breaks, of course, the best stuff is is uh, retracing a lot of uh, the details and backstory and history. And we're going to continue to do that at TigerIllustrated.com. We've had a bunch of people start subscribing over the last week or so. And uh, if you already aren't, we still got room on the boat. So come aboard. My good friends Blake Smith and Brooke Archenhold have been part of the podcast since the beginning, way back in August of 2018. They have an accomplished team of personal injury attorneys at Parm Smith and Archenhold based in Greenville. They are Clemson people, and their skillful attorneys have decades of experience in complicated litigation matters, taking a special interest in medical malpractice, nursing home abuse, and neglect car accident cases that have left the individuals involved in serious trouble. For a free consultation at Parm Smith and Archenhold, call 864-990-4581 or online at parhamlaw.com. That's P-A-R-H-A-M law.com. Upstate foodies. Want to take a moment to talk to you about our favorite taco spot, Willie Taco. Five locations across the upstate. This award-winning team has been serving up fresh taco fusion for a solid decade now. The chefs at Willie Taco utilize the freshest, most creative, and sometimes unexpected ingredients in their kitchens. Come see why Southern Living, Garden and Gun, and Food and Wine Magazine are raving about Willie Taco and their signature offerings, such as their Southern Tide, Crispy Avocado, Nashville hot chicken tacos, literally flavors you will not find anywhere else, folks. And don't forget about the cocktails, super fresh margaritas, ice cold cerveza, and over 80 tequilas served up daily from behind the bar. So don't wait, folks. Your Willie Taco Familia is ready to serve you up their twist on funky fresh fusion. It's the Willie Way. Solero Communications, formerly known as Tandem Payment, is a full service integrated electronic payments provider powered by leading edge technology. Solero provides a wide array of merchant solutions, simplified payments. They make onboarding, taking payments, maintaining risk management and compliance, and getting support quick and easy. At Solero, they're all about helping you achieve sustainable growth as a business. Taking payments isn't the only thing your business needs. With Solero's solutions, you can manage inventory, sell products and services via social media, schedule staff, track sales, get reports, and much, much more. Find out more about Solero at solerocommerce.com. That's C-E-L-E-R-O commerce.com. Okay, to the phone. Well, I guess not to the phone, but a recording of our phone conversation with Matt Connolly. Here we go. Enjoy. All right. Joined by my good friend, Matt Connolly, who has a day off today. Is that correct? That is right. Yes. <laughs> very, uh, very thankful for a day off, especially this time of year. This is uh, this new schedule you have as one of the uh, I guess the transition from from being just a total one man shop uh, when you covered Clemson on a daily basis for on three to now doing more of a uh, office. I don't want to call it a desk job, but just more a more regular structured schedule. So Wednesdays and what's the other day you have off during the week? Sunday. And are you fully off on those? those days yeah i'm completely off i mean i I don't open my laptop at all those days you know i'll occasionally tech twitter um like the other day my wife 
I was, I was watching something or, or reading something or whatever. My wife was like, what are you doing? You're off today. <laughs> and I said, well, Aaron, the reason why I got into sports writing is because I love sports. I was like, I'm still going to be a fan and <laughs> keep up with things and kind of follow along or whatever. Uh, but yeah, I don't have to do any work or open my laptop or anything on those days, which is uh, very nice and very different from when I was trying to, uh, I guess, run a website kind of by myself or, or at least mostly by myself. Um for two years or so. So yeah, it's definitely different and it's been a nice adjustment for me. It's funny. You you mentioned, uh, you're like, Hey, I, I like sports. That kind of reminds me of when I'm on the couch on a fall Saturday. And if Clemson is playing at say eight o'clock that night, I'm still, it, it's just understood. Yeah. I'm, oh, I'm yeah. watching football from noon to <laughs> whenever I actually have to work. And so I sort of, I, I guess I use a very liberal interpretation of work um, with, <laughs> with my my wife. Like, hey, I, I've got to study up on Michigan in case, uh, in case Clemson plays them in a bowl game, maybe. <laughs> yeah, you got to be ready. You got to... <laughs> You got to be ready for uh, everything. You know, you never know. Could play Ohio if it's a Tuesday night. Watch a little action. Uh, <laughs> never know what could happen down the line. Maybe that. Maybe they get a coach from there or something. That's one day exactly. Or yeah. Or, or or maybe you know maybe Michigan. One of Michigan's coaches is is in Death Valley. You know, for a game uh, trying to scout Clemson, and you have to, <laughs> and you, and you have to you know be on guard for that. Yeah, one hundred percent. Got to be ready for uh, ready for everything. I, I'm I'm trying to like so to the to the average I guess person Clemson person out there fan whatever our jobs are yours and mine meaning are pretty much the same because all they see is us writing about Clemson commenting on Clemson uh, you know whether on message boards Twitter or whatever but you mentioned it a minute ago you the one man show. I mean, Paul Strelo did it years ago. Um, I believe he was at the uh, Clemson 24-7 site. Just, it was just him. And that is a different galaxy from what I do every day just because we have multiple people um, working for our site. Uh, Paul, of course, handles all the recruiting. Chris Ard, our publisher, is 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 always on the message board, all, and he's the one who is the administrator. Um, you know, putting stories up, and like if something happens, say Jeremiah Trotter announces he's going pro, would be the most recent example. If I'm at lunch or at, uh, washing my car, I don't have to drop everything and spend I don't know a half hour getting something up just because Jeremiah Trotter went pro. Right. Just to sort of enlighten people, that was your job when 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 you were the doing it all, and so you did have to be on call all the time. And if something like that did happen, like Trotter going pro, you did have to stop everything you were doing and get something up. Is that pretty much accurate? Yeah, that's fair. So you know, I did have a couple of different recruiting guys that helped me. Uh, Joseph Hastings started off, who is now with our. Alabama site um, and then Jeremy Johnson who's with our Georgia site now and does some regional stuff so I did have some recruiting guys helping me too but yeah as far as the team stuff everyday stuff like I was trying to 
do a nice mix between reporting news and injury updates and any news I got or any news we heard from a press conference or whatever it was with also trying to do in-depth pieces. Like I did film reviews, um, every week. Um, I did, uh, kind of in-depth type previews of the games and looked at matchups and, uh, prediction and some of that kind of stuff. So I was trying to do those, those, all of those pieces in addition to also doing all the newsy stuff and, and trying to get all of that stuff up too. So yeah, it was, it was, uh, difficult to, to manage time. And then, you know, I think another thing too is like, I live in uh Duncan area. Yeah. So, you know, I think, I know you live, um, in Clemson and kind of right by, uh, Clemson or whatever is probably maybe 10 minutes for you. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's about 10 minutes or so. Whereas I was driving, you know, an hour 10 to an hour and 15, depending on traffic, uh, you know, an hour 30 sometimes trying to get to Greenville, then an hour and 30 back. So that's, you know, that's three, three and a half hours of my day right there. Just being in the car. Plus, um, Clemson isn't always punctual with their, uh, <laughs> I guess start times for interviews and stuff. Um, especially, and, and I know that kind of went away here recently, but the Wednesday after practice ones or the, you know, during fall camp practices or whatever, those will kind of start random time. So anyway, I was spending probably four hours of my day, either in the car or kind of waiting, um, on, on days where I was at Clemson. And that's a lot, especially having two young kids and, and, you know, I didn't really realize it as much at the time, um, how much, and, and I always prioritize them and try to be around as much as I could. But, you know, there were definitely times when Clemson's going to the playoff every year where I miss things or my daughter was born like the same weekend as the South Carolina Clemson baseball series. So, you know, we would have to plan parties around that. Um, I remember my son's first Christmas I was in Arizona for. Um, and so, you know, my wife was very thrilled um, with that. But, you know, and it was obviously a lot of fun and those trips were awesome and it was um, you know, super cool to get to experience all of that and, and to cover those games. Um, but my daughter, like a couple of weeks ago, was was telling me how much she likes my job now, and she's like, you know, you'll be here for my birthday parties, and you'll be here at Christmas every year, and I'm just really looking forward to that. So that part of it, I I, I shouldn't say I felt guilty, maybe a little bit guilty, but also I think just more so appreciative of um, you know, getting to spend more time with them now as they're getting a little bit older, and. You're previously you were at the state, and I think was it pretty much similar um, to to the to covering. I guess you didn't have to cover recruiting as much at the state, but still, you're you're having to be on the ready whenever anything happens, just because the state's model, just like a lot of newspaper or any model out there now, is hey, if something if Davo says something you know, that, that that's newsworthy or if there's a big injury, then you got to get a story up. Was it the frequency of articles and the, the general sort of um, uh, needing to be attentive and on call? Was it pretty much the same as it, as it was when you moved over? It was similar. Um, although, you know, with on three, there are, there are certain number of articles that, you know, you needed to get done a, a month uh, um, or a week or whatever and, and needed to try to, have something fresh on the site regularly, whether it's, you know, the middle of football season or if it's the middle of the summer. So it was a little different there. Uh, the state would, would say, Hey, you know, work on this project for a while. And, 
you know, don't worry about some of the day-to-day stuff. We can get someone else to grab that kind of stuff. So it was a little different, um, but similar for sure. And that, you know, if there was big news, uh, you know, and, and part of it too was me. I mean, when I was at the state, you know, I was always trying to be competitive and get things up quickly and, and kind of had that mindset, um, to, you know, hurry up and try to get, get something up and get a story up and, and, you know, try to, uh, do the best I could to get the, as many page views as possible and, and try to help out our company and everything. So part of it too, is just being competitive. And, and, you know, there were definitely times where Dwayne McLemore, my former boss would say, Hey man, take some time off. You know, you've been, you've been grinding and, you know, we can have somebody else grab something, but I was, I was very much um, of the mindset that I wanted to to get that up and try to, um, you know, do as do as good of work as possible and kind of be competitive with it. Yeah, it didn't really, it didn't truly dawn on me just how much you were juggling and how different our jobs were. I think you were still with the state. Maybe you had already moved moved on, but you texted me and were like, "Hey, you want to go to Kite Hill and get a beer? I'm gonna, I got some work to finish up." And, like yeah sure so I I drive over there and meet you and we're sitting there at a table and you've not only got your computer up but you've got your and you not only have your phone sitting there looking at that but you got your Apple Watch and so it's like three different <laughs> like screens alerting systems and you're checking your phone I guess every time you get a notification on Twitter maybe and I'm just like wow man I, I don't know if I could <laughs> if I could live like that but. Yeah, I think fleet. So, so over the summer, my uh, Apple Watch took a swim in Lake Greenwood, and so <laughs> thankfully, um, <laughs> I, I did not replace that. I just decided maybe that was a sign that I was had too many notifications and too much going on, or whatever. So I left that in Lake Greenwood and didn't replace it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it it was definitely like just trying to be ready for for everything, especially you know during football season. And back then, yeah, I think I was with the state, and it was like. You know, I think right around playoff time, and there's coaching searches going on, and there's just it's like I mean, you know as well as anyone, it just never stops, and there's always something going on, and even more so now with the with the portal and trying to, I guess, follow follow all of that action. Is there uh, is is there any are there what what parts of of cover and Clemson, you know, every day? I guess obviously that means being there and. Going to game, going to all their games and stuff. What part of maybe I just gave the answer? What part do you miss? Yeah, I would. I, I, there are definitely times where you're like, oh man, you know, this would. I guess really not as much this year though, to be quite honest. Um, just because like, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't missing like, oh man, I, I got to go watch Clemson play Wake Forest to a seventeen to twelve mm-hmm. ugly game or whatever, you know. So if if Clemson had a year like they did where they were making the playoff every year and, and um, kind of going to those huge bowl games and stuff. I think I would miss them more. You know, the, the cool thing about what on three let me do this year was, and, and they're going to keep letting me do, I believe is uh, like I got to kind of pick the games I wanted to go to. So I went to the Florida state game. I went to the Notre Dame game. Um, you know, I considered going to some other ones. It, it's such a long day though. Just, you know, Dabo, Dabo isn't the quickest coach to talk with the media after. So, you know, sometimes for a 3.30 game, you're leaving the house at 10 a.m., 11 a.m. And, and getting home at, you know, 1, 2 a.m. and kind of miss all the football all day and, and 
kind of miss some of that stuff. So I really didn't miss, you know, I thought I would miss it a lot more than I did, to be honest. Uh, but I really didn't miss kind of the the day-to-day stuff. And pro- probably a lot of that was, you know, I got to go to the Florida State game. I got to go to the Notre Dame game, two of the bigger games of the year. And, and still got to experience it some without having to do, um, I don't even remember who the FBS team was this year, or FCS team was this year, but it, without having to kind of go to some of those type of games. I guess it was Charleston Southern, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. The only way I remember that is for the uh, throwaway pick six. By- yeah, that's <laughs> exactly what I was thinking about. And the, the slow start where I think Dabo called timeout at the end of the first quarter and was kind of like, yeah, we don't really want to be losing to Charleston Southern at the end of the first. So we're going we're gonna to punch this one in the end zone real quick. Do you? All right. So your normal responsibilities on Saturday, if you're home, um, when you actually go to a game like you did Notre Dame and Florida State, are your responsibilities different that day? They're honestly pretty similar, um, at least with what I was doing at at the state and, and um, running the Clemson side. Is like it's watching for news during the game, watching for um, I guess I guess the biggest difference is I don't I'm not on a message board now, so I'm not updating a message board and, and posting kind of thoughts and stuff or maybe no, things you see on the sideline. Yeah, what, what I'm saying is like your normal responsibilities this fall when you were home on Saturdays, you're still working. Right. right. Uh, are you are when you're home, are you focusing on Clemson mainly but and, and monitoring oh, other okay, like yeah, I'm just, I'm just trying saying. to figure um, out what, what the what the typical um yes yeah, so I, w- I would be assigned a game um and usually if Clemson was playing I had the Clemson game just because I knew that program or I know that program well know the players and the kind of know what to watch out for um you know injuries that kind of stuff monitor that I know you know if if somebody goes down who will come in or whatever so yeah I, I would have a different game each week to kind of monitor um from home and usually if Clemson was playing at the same time I would have the Clemson game so most weeks it was Clemson you know I had the Ohio State Michigan game which you're not covering in a person but that's definitely one that you want to be able to have that assignment of hey you know you watch this and then kind of follow along and get the interesting stuff so um but yeah there there are different games and so I would have I would uh I would have different games each week. Excuse me. So if you're watching Ohio State Michigan, what are the what are the I mean are the interesting things just injuries if 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 a coach mouths off I'm, a, I'm sorry if a player mouths off to his coach or just simply big plays like I'm just curious what you're yeah, looking it's mostly, for. It's mostly injury type stuff. Um, you know if someone someone goes down. Um, you know coach interviews at at the end of the quarter, the half or whatever, where they're kind of saying, you know, hey, this is what it's – it's a lot of things that, um, you know, I never really thought about until I started doing it. I was like, oh, people are actually interested in this stuff. Like, you know, Dabo at halftime, um, I can't remember what game it was, but, you know, kind of going off on the defense and, and saying, you know, we played pre-demand defense right there. and that Florida was State, yeah. Awful. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Uh, just Just kind of interesting – things um and like i said you know it's stuff that i didn't really think uh, i bet someone would like to be interested in that but but <laughs> they are for sure um and it's definitely kind of some interesting things you pick up um kind of through that so when on a on a random monday night when all hell breaks loose when a guy named uh, a guy from your town by the way Tyler. <laughs> named Tyler calls in, calls in and, and produces this total spectacle. 
is it on you to turn something around to, to try to get I mean I'm assuming you weren't listening I think we might have, we might have texted during that but uh, is it uh, um is that on you to to jump on top of what quickly became a big story not really um so it's funny, like just because I was off at that time so I didn't have to worry about it um <laughs> but yeah I had like I, I think you had texted me or, or maybe I had texted you even but a couple of people had texted me or like oh my god you got to turn this on you got to listen to this and that was another one of those times where my wife is like, why are you listening to this? Like, why are you listening to Dabo Sweeney? You don't, you know, it's a Monday night. Just watch football with me. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I said, oh, okay, I got to listen to this. So I pulled it up about halfway through Dabo's answer. Because um, like I said, someone had texted me. was like, oh, somebody is going off on Dabo right now. Like, this is about to be good. And so, yeah, I let my manager know. I was like, uh, hey, we might. This this is probably going to be something that uh, that y'all are going to want to write about. Um, I said, you know, I don't I don't have the full clip or whatever. I can try to find it. But I was like, this is uh this is probably going to blow up. And so, yeah, my job then, like I like I said, I didn't have to open the laptop or anything. My job then was just kind of giving them a heads up, like uh, this just happened. I'm sure the audio will make its way out there at some point, and uh, just kind of be on the lookout because it's definitely something that that is probably probably going to be something we want to write. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't have to, I didn't have to actually write it, but I definitely was, uh, kind of trying to help out and, and let everyone know that that was about to happen. When or you're, I guess was happening. Yeah. When you're like off the clock, like you were just saying, or you're in a social situation, like a party or freight yard or something. Uh, do you ever get tired of, of talking football, talking about what you think about and write about, uh, however many hours a week? Not really, man. Um, to be honest, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I just like sitting around and talking about, talking about sports. You know, I, that's, that's like I said, why I got into it. Uh, you know, I first started, I guess back in college, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I was like, man, I, I love sports. Like I love sp- talking sports, love watching sports. You know, I'm not going to go be a pro athlete. So, um, I need to find something I can do that, that lets me, you know, make a living enjoying sports. And so, yeah, I really don't mind. Um, you know, I, I think if you get, <clears throat> whether it be, you know, at a, at, at somewhere like freight yard or, um, you know, at, I guess even through text or whatever, you know, sometimes I'll get people arguing with me about like basic rules or, um, like, oh, that's, that's BS. That's not holding. Come on. Like, you know, mm-hmm. people losing their mind about stuff that either isn't that big a deal or, you know, clearly looking at it not objectively or whatever. I mean, maybe that part can get annoying sometimes. But, um, yeah, for the most part, I, I enjoy talking sports and kind of sharing what I think and, and listening to, to other perspectives too. I can't tell you how many times when I'm somewhere, like a social situation and People apologize. Like, I'm sorry. I have to, I, I, I'm really sorry. We're, you know, I don't mean, I mean, I know you're off and, and, and I'm like, dude, it's, it's not like I'm a doctor. Right. You know, like I, I, I think about this stuff all the time too. You know, it's kind of, it's a fun thing. So you don't have to apologize. Yeah. We're not reliving like last night's uh, surgery with a patient or anything. <laughs> like. uh, I, I'll say though, so, and you, I'm, I'm asking you if you, I'm sure you get this, like if you're at a game. And uh, let's say Antonio Williams goes down 
with what looks to be a sprained ankle. And you immediately have like, or I guess over the next 20 minutes, you have 20 people text you, hey man, yeah. what's the what's the word on Antonio Williams? <laughs> It's like yeah when i know you i promise i will uh i will post an update i just i mean i have to turn my phone off during games i started doing that years ago because if i have respond or even looked at every text that came my way I, I i would be very i would do a very poor job of following the actual game yeah the the mute function with text messages <laughs> mute mute thread is uh very helpful <laughs> during those situations for sure what do you make of the recent moves by Dabo? Um, he's unpredictable. Uh, yeah. And I guess, I mean, not totally unpredictable, but I guess my point is exactly a year ago, if you would have asked you or me or anybody, hey, do you think he's going to just um, be able to, you know, make some tough decisions and get rid of, Clemson alums and make sort of bold moves in an effort to get Clemson back. You probably would have said probably not. I think I probably would have said probably not. Am I right on that? Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I think so. But the caveat being that like, you know, that, that it's killing Dabo inside that, that they're not winning the way that they were. Um, I mean, you know, did I think that that he was going to fire Streeter? No. Did I think it was a possibility? Yeah. I mean, I definitely yeah. thought you know it was at least going to be considered. Um, but you know, I think if you have the one year where it's DJ right and it's oh DJ's struggling or whatever, um, and and oh let's you know, I know and Dabo didn't do it, but a lot of people were saying oh once DJ gets out, you know everything will go back to normal. Um, and so it, you know, it, it didn't that first year where after he threw the pick six at Pitt is is kind of the moment where I was like, this is, this is kind of a disaster right now. Um, and they ended up right in the ship, obviously, and, and won the cheese bowl and everything. But you kind of go into the next year thinking, okay, well, this will be the year that that everything will get back on track, and, and DJ's had another year, and blah blah blah. Um, and then it just didn't again for, you know, multiple reasons. And so I think, you know, eventually. Um, Dabo knew that like he had to he had to make some changes that what he was doing wasn't working and and he gave guys an opportunity um you know gave gave people an opportunity probably that that a lot of people wouldn't have gotten um you know some of the coaches that have since been let go with with his promotions or whatever so you know I think he I, it's so hard to try to read his mind but I think he felt like he, they could keep it going with what they had and, and kind of promoting and doing some of that kind of stuff and keeping it in house. And he's kind of realized that, that it wasn't going to. So, you know, was it a surprise? Yeah. But I, you know, you also have a coach that's making as much as, as anyone in the country that has won as much as anyone in the country that has built a program um, up to, to be one of the best in the country. And I don't think he's, he's too competitive and, 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 you know, just doesn't have the persona to say, well, that's all right. You know, we'll just keep going seven or five, eight and four, nine and three around here. Like I'm, I'm not overly surprised that just with his competitiveness and how much he wants to win and how much it means to him that, that he said, Hey, I got to go make some changes and get us back on track. I probably didn't frame that question the right way because a year ago at this time, I think when people asked me and even when I wrote about it, my take was something 
of the to the effect of I don't think he's going to stand pat after some of the ugliness. I mean, the Notre Dame game was just horrific yeah. uh, at Notre Dame last year. South Carolina, obviously, big problems. Um, and so I think even Tennessee, you know, with I mean, with without their starting oh, quarterback yeah. and top two receivers. Well, I'm just saying this time exactly a year yeah. ago. So this would have been before. Yeah, the, yeah, I got you. The I got orange. You. Um, I guess the right way to the better way to frame it would be the overall perception among a lot of the fans was uh, he's gotten too comfortable, set in his ways, and there's nobody who's going to make him, you know, get rid of any of these sort of homegrown inside the family coaches. So uh, he's not going to do it. And so I think that was that's probably the more accurate thing was that yeah. there was a perception among some of the fans that, just, you know, just this cynical view of Dabo as doesn't want to win as much as he used to. And I think, honestly, that's what Tyler from Spartanburg was saying. You yeah. know, he had just sort of gotten kind of complacent, which, uh, you know, the, the 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 tenor of things inside the building that I've heard since, I guess, since after the NC State game, um, pretty blistering. Like a lot of people, yeah. and this is before that, that phone call, but the radio show, by the way, but like a lot of people thought they were losing their jobs after that. And so ultimately he has shown, and I think demonstrated uh, most recently and last year with Byron Streeter after just one year as OC that yes, he's about culture. Yes. He's about love. (laughs) Yeah. He's about family and all that, all those things that he often talks about uh, genuinely, but ultimately the dude freaking hates winning and he's a cutthroat competitor. That's it. Yeah, he's losing. What's that? Or you said hates winning, I think. Right. Oh, did I say hates winning? Hates I'm losing. sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I know what you meant. Um, no, I'm with you. And and you know, I also want to give I think Graham deserves some credit too, just because, you know, he didn't go out and hire um, you know, the the up and coming guy who you're hoping is is gonna be able to produce at FPS level. I mean Garrett Riley last year, um, Matt Luke and Chris Rump this year. I mean, he went out and hired some of the best coaches that that you can get, and they paid for him. You know, a lot. I mean, they they're heavily investing in that program, and so, you know, I think, and I even got friends who are like, "Man, we go eight and four, and now we're spending all this money on football again." And, um, but but you know, the other side of that is you have to invest and you have to go get the best coaches you can get if you want to win. And so I think the administration, not just Graham, but really that whole administration deserves credit for too for going out and saying, Hey, you know, you go find who you want. We'll, we'll pay what you want and we'll get this taken care of. And, and yeah, I mean, they, they have an excellent staff um, and probably a staff that you know, I would guess is right up there as, as, you know, as well paid as about anyone in the country. Yeah. And then, and I wrote about this earlier this week, as you talk about Dabo swinging for the fences, going outside the program, getting two really reputable guys, you talk about the commitment of the administration in um, sort of doubling down and their commitment financially, um, paying both of these guys, I guess, around a million bucks. It's crazy. Um, yeah. The elephant in the room is the long term, and that is 
Clemson, I mean, this is not a secret. Um, they are <laughs> exploring the uh, feasibility or likelihood or, uh, you know, the the route to getting the heck out of the ACC. And that's, right. just, that's just a fact. They are. And you have to be thinking down the road. And so, I mean, even Dabo has said publicly, hey, there's going to be a split. And it's just going to be a mega conferences and the have nots are going to fall off. And the people committed to big boy football are going to, are going to get together. And so if that's the case, then yeah, doubling down on a staff and uh, swinging for the fences and thinking big and spending big. I think there's a, there's a not ulterior motive, but I think that's in the back of everybody's mind as they make these decisions as well. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I mean, it, it just, you know, you have to position yourself for the future and, and, you know, how sustainable it is to keep competing uh, when you're making so much less than the SEC and Big Ten, I think is is debatable. I mean, Clemson's still right now spending, you know, as much as anyone. Uh, but, yeah, you know, how, how sustainable is that long term? You know, I, I think kind of remains to be seen. Um, you know, I, th- I think Clemson is very attractive – you know, even even right now, when you're winning ten games the past two years and going eight and four this year, I mean, it's still huge fan base. You know, great environment, sold out sold out crowds, great fan support. They travel. I mean, they do everything that you would want um, from a football team, and then have to be, you know, someone that a, or a school that conferences would like to add. But certainly, it doesn't help if you can get back to to making the playoff and and compete for national titles. You know, I think. I guess the the worry is the further away you get from that, um, potentially maybe the harder it is to get back just because then you start having recruits coming up who have seen Clemson, you know, go nine and three and nine and three and eight and four or whatever, as opposed to compete with Alabama and Georgia. So certainly you want to try to get back to to the lead as, as soon as possible and kind of try to right the ship, uh, you know, as soon as possible for, for several reasons. It's so kind of, wild as we try to evaluate what we've seen I guess most recently this season because in some ways you're like oh my god the quarterback play looks nothing like what we're used to you know when Clemson's been elite oh my god same thing at receiver um same thing at running back really and you know but then you look at them in other ways and it's like well they're they're really maybe not as far away as I thought because you see, yeah. you see all those freshmen: T.J. Parker, Peter Woods, um, Khalil Barnes, Tyler Brown. Um, and then I think I think you I think you said you listened to the Ellis Johnson interview a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. The one thing, one of the things that stood out uh, to me about some of the things he said was he said, "And this guy is is is, you know, he looks at things clinically." Even though, yeah. even though his son is a walk-on for Clemson, he shoots straight. But when he said, he said, Larry, Clemson has been better than every team. Clemson is better than every team they've played this year. Yeah. And so if Clemson, when they're down, is still arguably better than, I mean, better than even Florida State. I mean, honestly, like they played them toe-to-toe. And if you... If you came, if you were in outer space for the last 
couple of years and you didn't have any familiarity of the two teams and you sat down and watched that game, I don't think you walk away going, oh, Clemson was lucky to be even have a chance in that one. I think you walk away going, wow, how did Clemson give that game away? Yeah, and in, in, in a lot of ways, I agree, agree with you, and definitely defensively. I mean, I think that defense this year was as good as anyone in the country. I mean, there were times where they just completely swallowed teams up, and you kind of saw kind of the way it used to be. Uh, you know, there were games when, when Venables was there where the other team, you could you could just tell, like, first series, oh, this team is done. Like, they're going to have trouble getting a first down today. Um, and so you saw some of that this year with the defense, particularly the second half of the year. I still just want to see it from the offense, though. Like, I just – it's just been so inconsistent now, really, for three years to where, whether it be offensive line play, receiver play, quarterback play, like, I'm kind of in see-it mode before I'm ready to say, hey, this is a a team that can go win a national title. Um, You know, I think even going into this year, like, I remember I did an interview preseason with a a radio station out in Texas, and they had Clemson – like number six, I think going into the season or something like that, and asked if I thought that that was fair and if I thought that they could compete for a playoff. And I said, "Man, I, I I'm really not sure. Like, I need to see more from Cade. I need to see more from the receivers." And so I'm kind of still in that mode, to be honest. Of like, I need to see more from the offense, and, and you know, and and I certainly see the other side of them. And I mean, I've got friends that have said, you know, watch and see when when Cade's a senior, we're going to win a national title. And I certainly can see that if he continues to develop and if Matt Luke comes in and, and does things that Clemson's hoping he will on the offensive line. But I'm still kind of in wait-and-see mode a little bit just on that side of the ball. Now, defensively, you know, I think they can compete with any everybody and, and be in every game and have a chance to win every game. But I just need to see it before I'm ready to say this is a team that can win a national title here in the next year or two. Do you think it's fair to say they should, given some of Cade's uh, inconsistencies and flakiness, probably not the word, but just uh, unde- undependable <laughs> nature yeah. when game when they're in critical situations, and you tell him don't do this thing, and then he does that thing, <laughs> decision wise. Do, do you think it's fair to say they should? try their best to go find a QB, a, 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 a potential QB one, a QB one worthy guy in the portal, not to say, Oh, okay. It's not any good, but saying, Hey, we don't owe Kate a starting job. We owe yeah. Clemson the best quarterback play we can get. And so you have a competition. Do you, is that what, is that what you would be leaning toward as, as you sort of look at this from afar? That's such a loaded question. You know, you could have a Kyle McCord situation uh, where, you know, he, he hears, Kate hears, oh, we're, we're bringing in somebody else and, you know, we don't know that you're the guy or whatever. And he very well could say, hey, well, you know, I've, I've proven myself. You know, I won four games to end the year. We went 4-0. I was hitting my stride coming down the stretch and, and now you're getting rid of me. You know, I'll, I'll go somewhere else where – Oh, I'm appreciated and could be the guy, you know, is that going to happen? I don't know, but it certainly, it certainly can happen. I mean, we've seen it all over college football. Um, so it's, man, that's a tough, that's a tough question to answer just because, you know, I think in an ideal world, like, yeah, you would love to have some competition and instead of bringing in, you know, Paul Tyson or, or Hunter Johnson, bring in 
a legit um, quarterback. Maybe even the way Alabama did this year, where you go and get someone like Tyler Buckner, uh, future yeah. future of the cross star Tyler Buckner <laughs> now, but a guy that's kind of a borderline starter. And you say, hey, you know, this isn't he's coming in to to be the clipboard clipboard guy and get ready to start coaching. He's coming in to compete for the job, and so um, you know you have to go earn it on the field. You know, maybe you have a situation like that. Uh, I, I just, I think it would be hard for Clemson to go out and get someone like a Dylan Gabriel or, or you know, one of those top quarterback options mm-hmm. in the portal. Um, but I, I certainly could understand the mindset of, hey, we need to get Kate some competition in here and, and you know, see if we can make him have to have to earn it a little more. And maybe he starts. Maybe that pushes him a little bit, and he starts playing a little bit better. I am not intimately familiar with the most recent developments at Ohio state, but did they, are they getting a portal guy? They probably are. Um, it, it sounds like Kyle McCord was, and this is just from what I've read, but it sounds like Kyle McCord was kind of told, Hey, you're not for sure going to be the starting guy. And we're going to explore and, and kind of look at our options. And, uh, but you're not going to be the starting guy going into next year. Like for sure. Like you're going to have to go compete and whatever. And he kind of, um, felt disrespected, I guess, maybe by that. And again, that's just reports that I'm reading, yeah. but kind of seems that that may be what happened is like they told him he's going to have to try to find a, I'm sorry, that he's going to have to compete for the job. And he kind of felt like, you know, we just had a really good year and we're six points away from being in the playoff. And now you're, now I'm not even the starting quarterback next year. So I don't know. It's just such a tricky time of college football. Like I think it's harder. And Dabo kind of predicted a lot of this, but I really do think it's harder than ever to manage a roster. And there's just so much turnover. I mean, I think there's over 1,200 players already in the portal, um, which is just you know crazy. Basically, a day in. And just and just to emphasize, I mean, I think when we're talking about McCord and Klubnik, like I think Klubnik's got significantly more sort of upside than McCord. Um, just because of his running ability and I don't know, he just seems like a um to have more he's seen Klubnik seems more dynamic than me. Yeah. Like if you had best case scenario for both quarterbacks uh over the rest of their career. So anyway. Yeah, uh, and I, th- I think McCord was maybe a little more consistent this year, but he was also throwing to Marvin Harrison Jr. Right. And Mech Egbuka and some of those guys, which certainly helps. To your your thoughts what, kind of go ahead. I, I was just gonna say, what's kind of your thoughts on you know, I'm 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 of the belief. It, it's always when I'm like I'm not a roster management expert. <laughs> yeah. So I'm kind of the <clears throat> the peanut gallery and not shooting from the hip. But it's easy for me to say it. But my first impulse is 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 going the route of you owe your your program or program whichever you uh, whichever you prefer. Um, yeah. <laughs> you you owe you owe your organization. Um, the best quarterback you can get, and um, yeah. but you know, I I you know I certainly am am not coming anywhere close to acting like I have a better perspective on it than the head coach, um, you know who who was juggling a lot. Yeah, and and his, some of his comments after the game about you know I kept saying no, we don't need to throw it, and and you know it, it just kind of screamed like we don't have a lot of trust. Yes, right now in our quarterback and in our passing game. And some of that's understandable when, you know, like you said earlier, I mean, there were so many times this year where he was told to do one thing and, and 
did the opposite. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's a tough situation for sure. Like I, I see both sides of it. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's certainly a decision they're going to have to make. Sometimes with Dabo, you have to sort of read body language and go on context clues. Like, right. um, while in one respect, he's like, oh, Cade's going to be great. He's going to be a great quarterback for us all said and done. On another, I mean, just the body language of Dabo and some of his mannerisms, like he was exasperated at times yeah. of over Cade this year. And then you look at the decisions and also the things he said, like you just said, like I said no more over the headsets than I ever have. I mean, so much of the play calling and the general offensive management this year was predicated on, all right, let's not screw this up. Yeah. And so that's sort of the calculation you have to make moving forward is can we, if you're in the shoes of the coaches, is can we really depend on Cade going going on the trajectory we think he's capable of? How much of a gamble is that? And then you got to make your decisions accordingly, which is not an easy thing to do. Yeah, and, and I think I saw I think I saw on Twitter or something like I didn't watch the press conference um, after the game, but but I saw a quote either after the game or sometime around then where he was asked about trying to punch one in at the end or whatever, and he was like, "Man, I was just trying to get out of there. Like, probably I know we'll fumble it and and they'll run it back, and now we're having to yeah. cover yes. an onside kick or something. You know, it's just like like and that's you know I think it and early in the season it was like, oh, this is fluke stuff and 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 some of it was fluky for sure um but i think as the season went along even Dabo was like man this is just kind of what we are and we just gotta gotta get out of here with a win and, and not screw it up like I, I thought his comments probably after the nc state game the way he kind of talked about things and, and that was you could tell just how frustrated um he was which obviously coincided too with, with when you um said is kind of when he started going off on the everyone behind scenes and stuff so yeah I think that kind of kind of makes sense so that was kind of the game where he was like man I'm just we just got to find a way to win some games when you're ready for a complete renovation in your home or business, open the door to more with Harris Home and Harris Commercial. Their local experienced team will totally transform any room space from beautiful floor coverings to construction to finished details. Harris handles every step of your renovation process, whether it's a kitchen or living room or an industrial or educational setting, like some of the positively stunning work they've done at Clemson University. Go to discoverharris.com and experience a total renovation transformation from Harris Home and Harris Commercial. Want to share a quick word? about Founders Federal Credit Union. If you've been to a sporting event in Clemson, you've probably heard about Founders already. They are the official credit union partner of the Clemson Tigers. In addition to that, all Clemson faculty, staff, and students are eligible for membership as well as IPTA members. Its office is located beside the Walmart neighborhood market on Old Greenville Highway in Clemson. For more information, go to foundersfcu.com. Another loyal supporter of the Dubcast is Blackacre Law Firm in Greenville, a subsidiary of Parm Smith and Archenthal. Blackacre helps South Carolina residents achieve their dreams of home ownership by providing experienced professional representation for real estate closings. Attention to detail is crucial in real estate law. Blackacre is committed to making sure nothing gets by them preparing residential or commercial closings. Blackacre also offers estate planning services for their clients in the Greenville area. Find out more about Blackacre at 864-326-3507. You alluded to this with how many people are already in the portal and I think even the reality of college 
football is even hitting Clemson right now. Um, you know, they they were able to sort of fend it off for a couple of years, but I think now reality is dawning because you have quite a few players, I believe, who have been pursued by other schools and they're saying, hey, I need a better deal. And that's where they are. And that's, <laughs> it has to be tough for, for Dabo to hear, yeah, coach, I need more money, you know. On the other hand, I mean, like if you have a car, you know, if you're middle class, middle upper class, even rich, and you have a car you're trying to sell, um, it's not like you say, oh, I'll just knock off 30% of this value because I can afford it, you know. Right. You you want what that car is valued at. And so you can see that side of it from the player's perspective who in most cases are in their prime earning years. Uh, they're only earning window football-wise of their lives because uh, most of them aren't going pro. Um, it's just a – it is – such a tumultuous time and I, I know it's crazy it's you know there's one side of it that's like oh yeah they they should get everything that they want and if you have coaches making coaches are allowed to leave their jobs and make 11 million dollars and players should get everything too and and then on the other side you have uh this is just a total mess and i'm I'm not even going to watch anymore and um you know it's just not like it used to be and I can see both sides. I'm, I don't know if I'm in the middle. I just know I'm confused, and I know I don't yeah. know where in the hell things are headed. It's funny because, like, you know, there's so many people that are like, oh, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm not watching this anymore. Football, college football is ruined or whatever. But, man, the numbers this year were as good as they've been in yep. forever, if not better. So, you know, I think I – think, I understand the frustration, and there are parts of it that frustrate me too. I mean, even, like, I'm – a Purdue fan and, and Purdue's best receiver went in the portal and I'm like man what in the world come on you know like like I certainly get that aspect of it too um, but at at the same time you know it's, it's the system that we have and it's not the players that said hey you know I'm demanding XYZ money now, now certainly there were conversations had and, and you know I don't but I don't even think like I didn't hear anyone when we were interviewing players talking about NIL when all this was first started happening I didn't hear anyone kind of talking about, yeah, you know, I think it'd be great because I can go and go play for a school for a year and transfer and then get 200000 to go to another school or whatever. Like that wasn't – that wasn't, I don't think, what players even wanted in, in almost every instance. But when that's the system that was created and that's the system that, that we have now and, you know, players are have that opportunity, it, like you said, it's kind of – I mean, it's hard to blame them. I mean, if if, you know, if I had a son who – was playing college football somewhere at a small school and was not getting any NIL money. And someone contacted me um, and said, Hey, how would your son like to come play at wherever uh, Georgia? And we'll, we'll pay him $800,000 and he can play in, in, at Georgia uh, instead of playing at, uh, you know, Presbyterian or whatever. Like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, I think, I think when you kind of look at it in that instance and, and even, in other instances where you're going from Clemson, you know, I know Makuba just went in the portal, even him, you know, understanding, wanting to change the scenery and stuff um, too. You know, I, I, I kind of understand that too. So it's a tough time. It, it's a crazy time to try to keep up with and, and following and everything else. But I, I, I don't really blame the players for 
what's happened. I think it's just a system that, that kind of was created and, you know, they're, some of them are taking advantage of it and, and, you know, it's not, I'm not going to be the one to say, Hey, you know, this is a system we have and y'all shouldn't be doing that. So yeah, I'm, I'm more on the player side, but I certainly get the frustrations too. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't recall over the last 10, 15 years, whatever, as these revenues have just gone crazy with what the coaches are making and what administrators are making and and all that from all the television stuff. I don't recall. I mean, you never hear, you know, when a, when Will Muschamp gets a fully guaranteed $15 million buyout, right. you don't hear, oh, there needs to be guardrails on <laughs> on this. Or, no, it's more of he's the luckiest guy in the world. Yeah, so or I, I'm not. $15 million? I, I'm just not going to be able to watch this much longer. Yeah. I'll go, stood, go do something else. I mean, you don't even hear... I mean, Matt Luke and Chris Rump are making a combined two billion bucks, which is w- way more than Lemansky Hall and Thomas Austin were making, and you don't hear any. Well, no, I don't want to say any. Not but much. You, so. But you don't hear people saying this is just obscene. You know, I, you know, I, there needs to be some sort of uh, regulation on this, or Congress needs to uh, step in, and that's a ton of money compared to. You know, if a player wants, you know, twenty thousand more dollars or something, I right. don't know. I have no idea what it is. But and I'm not taking one side over the other. But as I'm trying to figure it all out, those are some of the sort of inconsistencies that that kind of kind of make me wonder, like, what what are we, you know, yeah. what what are, what are we what are we doing here? Yeah, I think ultimately, my stance is like, you know, you can be frustrated with some of it and and not like everything that's going on, but at the end of the day, I'm still going to turn on the TV and, or go to a game or whatever it is. And, and whatever my roster looks like, or whoever, whoever's on the team, you know, whoever's coaching, whatever, I'm still going to go support that team and watch it and, and watch other games too. And just kind of accept the fact that that's kind of what it is. And it's way different. You know, you look at other aspects. I mean, we've lo- we're losing rivalries, you know, Oregon, Oregon State's going away. Uh, you know, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. You know, we're losing some of these games too, and and it's you know it's not great. It's not the not what kind of we grew up accustomed to and everything. But it's just kind of the world it is right now. And so just enjoy it and go along for the ride. And you know, complaining about it or whatever else isn't isn't going to fix anything. Um, no, I mean my opinion would be just to just enjoy it and and still go support your team on Saturdays. I think that maybe a good sort of, I mean, my position is, and I tell fans this, I guess, on a failure, friends of mine who are fans, whether it be Clemson fans or South Carolina fans who are complaining about the, you know, this is just not the same. And, and you know, I guess when, you know, if uh, if they lose, you know, last year, uh, Marshawn Lloyd and um, Jaheim Bell and others at the portal, you know, it, it it's like you know I I I don't know I just I don't know how much longer I could do this but then oh oh then they get Spencer Rattler and and yeah. Juice Wells Juice back Wells. for for last oh man heck yeah let's go <laughs> and so even the last couple of weeks if you put yourself in the shoes of a South Carolina fan it's like you get your rear ends handed to you by Clemson and so it's a downer and then another downer um you know 
Oh, Juice Wells said he was coming back. He just didn't say where he was right, going. Where he's going. Yeah. And it's like, I'm through with this. And then I just saw somebody sent me this morning. I don't even know if it's true, but there was a, a tweet about, hey, Shane Beamer just met with 30 boosters or something, and this is going to be big time. And and basically saying that he was able to drum up a ton of money uh, to both keep and attract talent. And so then it's like, all right. <laughs> and so back. it all depends on, it's all still dependent on hope, you know, like, yeah. and, and that was the case 20 years ago. If you lose a, a stud recruit, it's like deflation, but then it's like, okay, well, let's go get the next one, you know? Yeah. And so it's still all just sort of fueled by that, by hope, I would think. Yeah. And it's a lot of up and downs. I mean, that's why I think you just kind of have to go for the ride and look at the end and say, all right, this is, this is what we have when the season starts. And this is what, you know, this is what's good about our roster, and this is what gives us a chance. You know, with Clemson this year, it was obviously going into the season, that defense was going to be great. And now you've got Garrett Riley, and, you know, the offense is going to be clicking under him. And, and so, yeah, yeah, kind of the same thing. And, and, you know, I'm interested to see what Clemson does portal-wise. Like, not to, not to change the subject, but I'm just interested to see kind of how they do portal-wise and, and if they're able to attract some of these guys, I, I think the hard thing is you have to take care of your current guys. And then also the, it's just the way the portal is now, like those guys want money too. And so that part of it's going to be interesting to kind of follow and, and see, you know, and, and like Dabo has said, I mean, we're open to the portal. We, we try to recruit guys. We just didn't get them. Um, so obviously I think they will be more aggressive this year, but I'm interested to kind of see how that, how that unfolds too. Three days have passed since the committee's, <laughs> Uh, bombshell decision to exclude Florida State in favor of Alabama. What's your opinion on their decision? And then you have been much more attuned to the social media reaction than I have over the last three days. But I know just based on little snippets that I've seen, I can't remember a more violent sort of reaction and just uh, people are unhinged. Yeah. over it and honestly i i don't i don't really get it i don't understand it because i i think that it really can't maybe i'm naive but i think it genuinely came down to Flor- uh, florida state had uh 120 minutes of football um full uh, full get two full games after jordan travis went down and their offense just looked uh the quarterback position just looked inept yeah, I have so many mixed thoughts on this just because on one hand, you know, you, you talk about Keon Coleman and Jared Verse and Johnny Wilson and uh, Trey Benson, all these guys from Florida State that start training in January last year and say, you know, hey, we've got to go out and, and we can have the kind of season we have and we really think we can win a national title. And that going into the year was a talk like Florida State's going to get back to the playoff. They have a chance to win. A title, and so you go all those off-season trainings and workouts and all that kind of stuff, and you know you get to the point where you start playing games and you overcome Clemson and you blow out LSU and you you know do all these things, go through, win every game you can. Jordan Travis goes down. You go into Florida, which obviously Florida wasn't wasn't anywhere near a great team this year, uh, but you go to Florida with your backup quarterback, uh, win that game. Not not necessarily convincingly, but pull away a little bit in the the second half and win 
you know, I don't think it was like a down to the last play type of game or anything. Um, so you win that one, go to the ACC championship team or ACC championship game and play a Louisville team that is in the conference championship game. I know they had just lost to Kentucky, but the one 10 games that they had a really good year, one at Miami. Um, and so, and you win that game and you completely shut down their offense and, and really hold them down. So, I mean, in, in some ways, like I just feel awful for Florida state and feel like, it's not fair to those guys, to the other 84 scholarship players on that team that, you know, they don't get a chance to go out there and try to show on the field what they can do and, and find a way to win. On the other side of it, obviously, and, and kind of what you alluded to is they just didn't look very good without uh, their starting quarterback on offense. And so do you want another repeat of last year where you get to like a, a TCU uh, Georgia type game where you just have a team that is just completely – outmatched which is what I think a lot of people think Florida State would have been without Jordan Travis and so I see that part of it too you know I I don't go into the conspiracy theory of oh ESPN did this for money and whatever I mean I I don't believe there's any of that Um, you know I think it's more so of just Florida State really struggled without its quarterback and so despite the fact that they were 13-0 and beat everybody they played uh that they left it. They get left out. But man, I, I do have mixed emotions. I think more so even than you. And that I just, I don't know. It's just hard to tell a team, hey, you beat everybody that you played this year, and even won your ACC championship game by double digits with your third string quarterback. You know, the second string quarterback would be back for the playoff, um, and you still don't still don't get a chance when you did everything you did or everything you could. So it's just I don't know. It's just a hard hard discussion, hard uh, hard choice they had to make, but. Wasn't surprised at all that they ended up going with Alabama. I mean, I think it's you can both feel awful for Florida State, which I certainly do, and also say the committee made the right call. I mean, I think I shared this with you a few days ago, but in the last two games, the backup quarterbacks, Florida State's, Combined to complete 42% of their passes, Matt. Yeah. 3.9 yards an attempt. That's, I mean, yeah, it's bad. The, for the season, the worst yard per, yards per, I mean, we thought Clemson's yards per attempt were bad at like 6.5 or something. The worst in college football this year is Iowa. Iowa at five, <laughs> five yards an attempt. Florida State had a full yard shy of that in, the, in two games. Yeah, and the worst complete completion percentage in the country this season is Rutgers at forty eight point four. I'm, and yeah, two games, maybe small sample size, but that's a pretty big sample size in my opinion. I sat there and watched the Florida State Florida game, and the in the first half, quarterback play was one of the main reasons they almost got run out of there, out of the swamp yeah. by a average Florida team. And the only pushback I would have is. You know, you weren't expecting Jordan Travis to to get out, and so now you're trying to or to be out. So now you have a week to try to p- prepare, sure. and you're trying to you know throw together a plan with a quarterback that you're trying to figure out. All right, what are his strengths? They're trying to work on timing with receivers he hasn't thrown too much all year, um, and, and then you get ready for the next game. And you know now Tate Rodemaker's out, and you don't know if he can play. Kind of going up to it, and he's in protocol, and so. I don't think they had a ton of reps and stuff. Now, how much better does that get in a month? And, and especially going against Michigan's defense, probably not a lot better. Um, but I do wonder if part of Florida State's mindset was like, we've just got to 
kind of like Dabo against South Carolina. I, mean, I, I think, you know, I think it was kind of just like Dabo against South Carolina where it's like, we just got to get out of here and try to find a way to win. And so mm-hmm. you know, they had a lead for most, most of the second half. And I think we're just kind of hoping that that would be enough to get them in. But yeah, I, I you know, I definitely understand it. Um, you know, I, I don't necessarily think the committee made the wrong choice and I honestly probably would have done the same thing. Uh, but I do think it's at least, a debate and, and something sure. certainly you can talk about. And we had, you know, I went and watched the SEC championship game with some buddies and, and it got heated. I mean, not with me, but, but just going back and <laughs> forth, like, you know, there was Clemson guys and South Carolina guys watching it about whether Florida state should be in or not or whatever. And, um, see so yeah, that part of it was interesting too, where it was like, where it was like, you know, the SEC South Carolina guys like, man, Alabama's got to get in. And the Clemson guy was like, man, what are you, are you kidding me? You got to put Florida State in. And, you know, it was just, they're like, Matt, what do you think? And I was like, eh. <laughs> I'm going to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm going to go get another beer. <laughs> I, I, I That's a perfect segue to what I was going to bring up next. The one thing that truly bothers me, has bothered me about the fallout, the incredible fallout from this is it seems like every reaction to it is just like you just said. And even on the part of a lot of media members are like pissed, yeah. you know, or not pissed. And you're like, yeah, nothing to see here. Ah, that quarterback I heard, oh, you know, great decision, whatever. Yeah. But I was like, I mean, even David Hale, who I love, I mean, he, he is 500 times smarter than I am. Um, just a brilliant guy should be a screenwriter for a sitcom in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, he was like livid and it, I mean, his, his, what he wrote the next day was like dripping with just contempt. And I think it's because he doesn't like the <laughs> SEC and, and I just, some of his arguments didn't just didn't weren't logical in my opinion, respectfully. Uh, and you know, and you just, you know, you see some of the FSU writers and I don't know, I guess if, if it happened to Clemson, the same exact thing, maybe I would view it differently. But part of me wonders if I might need a security detail. Uh, <laughs> if I, if, if, if my conclusion was, yeah, like Cole Stout or whoever, just ain't any good or what, you know, yeah. they made the right decision. People would want to kill me if I said that. But I, I, I think just, it's just a situation that there are legitimate arguments that you can make for both sides. Yeah, and so if you are invested one way or the other, like you're just gonna dig in to that side. Whereas I'm kind of, you know, in the middle. Where yeah, I mean, I, I can see both sides. You know, I think they probably got it right, but you know, if you covered Florida State all year or played at Florida State or or whatever, or the other way, I mean, if you were you know with Alabama and and played for Alabama or or you know SEC Network or whatever, I think it really just kind of if, if you are truly invested one way or the other it really bothered you um, and you kind of let your emotions go or if you truly were kind of neutral and didn't really care one way or the other, you could kind of see both both sides of it and have a much more open and respectful conversation. I mean, there was even, I think it was Tyrion Arnold went on Feinbaum earlier this week and was like, man, I feel awful for Florida State. Like if, if that was me, you know, I would be so mad if I was on that team and he said he had talked to, to Jordan Travis and Keon Coleman. It just felt awful for them. You know, that's someone who plays for Alabama. So I, I do think yeah. there are certainly some people that can can see both sides of it and, and probably even more so players who have um, been there and experienced and kind of appreciate what it takes to go undefeated and everything you have to come overcome and everything. Uh, but, 
yeah, I thought that was really interesting, just his comments about how bad he felt for Florida State, even being someone who, who plays for Alabama. It's a very good player for them. Even uh, Dane Young, who a uh, really talented writer and media uh, personality over at Athens, works for the, the Georgia Rivals site. He posted yesterday, uh, he retweeted CBS's blockbuster ratings for the SEC championship, and he said, this is why Alabama was in over FSU. The rest is just con- conjecture to attempt to justify it. And I'm like, so you, so you know. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I'm like, okay, here's your conjecture. Anything contrary to your conjecture is just conjecture. But it's like, I just, not, not, I'm not saying I don't like the way he reacted. I, don't, I, I perfectly like Dan Young. I'm just saying the unnerving part for me was seeing a lot of media members who are, I guess, supposed to be, even-handed, fair-minded, yeah. and unemotional, becoming really emotional and attaching themselves to whatever position, uh, whatever uh, you know, um, extreme or position in, in in response to this controversy. Yeah, and I think Kirk Herbstreit put it really well right after, where he was like, you know, it it sucks. Absolutely hate it for Florida State, but the committee made the right choice. And when you look at the criteria, and it says. You know, if you lose key players, it could affect the way you play, that that gets factored in, that it's hard to put Florida State in based on what we saw. I mean, it, it wasn't like a few years ago where Ohio State's third-string quarterback won the Big Ten by 60 points or whatever. Like, it was an ugly offensive performance. So, you know, I certainly certainly understand both sides of it. But, yeah, I think they probably ultimately got it right. I'll say this, Matt. Full disclosure, I said for years – Four teams is right. <laughs> Four teams yeah. does does the job almost every single time, and it people just kind of want something new and different, and got spoiled. I think what we saw on Sunday um, is a is 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 a pretty good. It's like, yep, yeah, we probably do need to expand the playoff, honestly, yeah. because man, um, you just can't really. It's just having five deserving teams. Um, you only got four slot, four seats, so it's just it sucks. And even I mean, yeah, I'm I'm excited for that. I mean, more college football the better for me. But man, I can't wait for the playoff. Just when you're talking about semifinal matchups, I mean, even Georgia, Ohio State, like they they can make an argument too. You know, Georgia yeah. winning bad to bad national titles and 29 straight games, and they barely lose in the SEC championship game after what they did to Ole Miss and Tennessee and other teams this year or Ohio State, you know, losing on the road barely to Michigan that's pretty undisputed, number one. So, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm excited about the playoff expanding and, you know, those first-round games you got. I know going in it would have been like Texas, yeah. Penn State, and, and Georgia. Who I mean, there, there's just going to be some great matchups leading up even into the semifinals next year. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited about the playoff. Agreed. Well, Matt – I don't want your wife coming home on your day off saying, what in the world are you doing talking about sports on your day off? So I will go ahead and let you go so you don't have to get into that predicament. That sounds good. Yes, we'll probably ask why the laundry's not done or <laughs> the dishes or something. But, uh, but yeah, man, I enjoy talking with you as always. Wow. Matt has to do laundry. Hope my wife's not listening to that. Although I am a prolific, prolific dishwasher. Just full disclosure. Appreciate the support of our sponsors, as always, for helping make this happen. 
And of course, thanks to all of you for taking the time to listen. Really appreciate it. Cheers.